0: You're listening to Drifter Sympathy on Feral Audio. Go to feralaudio.com and click Shop Amazon to shop through their Amazon portal. Proceeds support this and other Feral Audio podcasts.
1: Whoa.
2: One of the greatest films ever made is called After Hours. It came out in 1985, about the worst possible day anybody could have on Earth. Which is essentially Sartre's Hell as Other People, distilled into an hour and a half movie. The main character keeps getting hijacked by idiots. And everybody seems to have their own damage that leads them into their crippled world. And at some point, he comes into contact with Terry Gar, who is frozen in the late 50s with a beehive hairdo and lives anachronistically in this period. She basically epitomizes the halted naivety of like an early Beatles fan as the summer of love is coming closer and the world is just. Permanently seen through these flowery glasses. And so we're going to go back to that era and start with listening to music that was made insincerely to capitalize on that moment and that halted naivety because of technology and its intersection with that cultural phenomena. The production of a lot of these exploitative groups that weren't really groups, they were just assemblies of musicians that were put together under fake names to hawk a seven-inch out onto the radio and see if it got traction. The production ends up being super beautiful because you have a lot of money involved and all these high-tech lab coat engineers working to offer up something to the new bohemian marketplace so in the spirit we're gonna start off with the network with the ears of stone from nashville not exactly a hippie epicenter and they weren't a group at all this is essentially all they ever did but as you can see it was a pretty successful experiment <laughs>
1: We've played our pipes for you, but you have.
2: example of the man creating something that's supposed to sell as anti-authoritarian who knows what the person writing the lyrics was thinking exactly but i'm sure they heard uh for what it's worth by buffalo springfield and essentially went into the studio to try to write another anthem for the kids Strangely enough, for what it's worth, wasn't even a big freedom fighting song. It was essentially about a club that got shut down locally that they were pissed they couldn't party at anymore. Another time capsule confused with time. All right, let's get situated rightly with the king of the terrace that gives this episode its name. Find any sharper, genius, singular, countercultural criticism in the form of terrorist lo fi experimentalism, you let me know because that shit's pretty much unmatched. Let's move into something vaguely more genuine with A.M. Gately in Battle in the City.
1: No i
2: was a man of considerable talents that were never really discovered. Discovered enough to have a couple records made that were so-so, but his seven-inch battle in the city with Happy to Be Here is his finest moment. He was a very big man. He died of a heart attack in 82. Apparently, he was the night receptionist at the record plant in Hollywood. So you get this picture of him biding his time waiting to write the perfect song that could uh, get him out of his graveyard shift. But here's his other finest moment with Happy to Be Here. It almost predicts some form of Elliot Smith if you hear it too.
1: Be that you hear the music I'm just happy to be here happy
2: to Kind of like Terry Gar's character again Something creepy off and simmering Underneath the optimistic surface of that song I couldn't really do this show without some mention of songs with veiled drug references, so here's one called Mary Jane.
1: Test your faith, give me feeling, Mary Jane. I need you, Mary Jane.
0: know that a meal is best when the ingredients are high quality. Blue Apron works directly with farms to secure the freshest, sustainable ingredients, pre-portioned so there's no guesswork, and sends them along with easy-to-follow recipes. Packages stay refrigerated for a full day, so you don't have to worry about being home for the delivery. It's a great way to try new meals without a lot of stress. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com email You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash E-M-I-L. Blue Apron. A better way to cook.
2: Pretty much a cornerstone of this imaginary genre would be Wendy and Bonnie, two teens from San Francisco that put out a record in 69 and then disappeared after their producer was found dead his drink spiked with methadone in a bar in new york city but an amazing document especially considering jim keltner and larry carlton somehow magically ended up on the sessions probably inadvertently helping to document the perfect idyllic hippie jazz folk expression Just slightly too genuine to be a song Out of Beyond the Valley of the Dolls A film that featured a Strawberry Alarm Clock Possibly the ultimate poster boy of this genre Springboarding off the doors Seemingly, I would assume But a killer group Really, Strawberry Alarm Clock was a dope band Whose guitarist went on to actually be In Leonard Skinnerd of all things Randy Seal, the drummer He's kind of the cornerstone of of what I'm drawn to in this band He's got this perfect Southern California surfer look This awesome traditional grip John Densmore style of playing And he sings most of the songs himself while playing drums Super talented guy You forget how early they were You think of them as such... Typical cliches, but really a lot of the chord progressions are quite sophisticated for their time and they stand up pretty well. Check out tomorrow. from the well-known LPs way down beneath them like moles in A Mass Extinction. There's a lot of bands that just made one-off 7-inches and the big reward of digging super hard is finding bands that weren't even successful enough to make an LP back then that had these little zen moments of revelation on a 7-inch This one isn't what I'd call a revelation, but it reminds me of, specifically, uh, when B-1000 came out, and I was on Mushrooms, and I ended up at my friend's house, and he's playing the cassette of Guided by Voices record, and I was convinced that Robert Pollard had played with the pitch shifter During all the songs So that the songs were actually melting Throughout the record And I just thought That is so genius That he would Take that leap of faith You know that the listener would understand Where he's coming from Of course I was on mushrooms, So I, I completely understood it I thought it was just genius That the songs were dying in real time Turned out later That that was not the case And I imagined the whole thing But um This song has that certain kind of plastic melting quality where the chords just shift down into each other and they keep falling as though the floor is going to cave in.
1: She's still my heart But since she's gone, it's so tough
2: band that never got to make a full LP called The Happy Return from St. Louis in 1969, and we're going to beeline over to France in 1969 and hear a man called Ronnie Byrd. Dino Valente from Quicksilver One of David Crosby's first roommates when he was a kid Probably a pretty divisive guy In his time, he grew up as a carny Crosby said that he came home from the doctor once And said that they'd located a fistula of nerves in his brain That only serial killers have so on that Carney killer tip, here he is trying to convince a hippie girl to come into his lair by any means necessary.
1: You tell me those guys don't turn you on anymore And that you don't think that they're as gone as you used to is a garden Unicorns knowing The sudden enchantment Of ever now You don't have to cry, babe I'll be standing by my love Anytime you try something brand new, you tell me that they just bring you down, babe. And that you don't even come around my love. Here is a tower. Straight and tall Somewhere to run to When you fall You don't have to cry, baby Sing another song, love You may find you're trying Something brand new like Nowhere to run No reason to hide My love Sing your song The way you want to I know how hard The others have tried My love To hold you down But I don't want to Anyway I know more about you Baby than they do And honey I don't even know your name But I know guys like that Could never understand A creature like you not while they're still locked in playing games. You tell me that they can't even look in your eyes. Could that mean that they weren't meant for power guys? They're in that castle. Sister is sleeping Born ever dreaming Dreams of love Come walk in the sun, babe Sing another song, love You may find you're trying Something that's brand new I know you think you're out of your mind You may find that someone has found you And I know you've tried other kinds Don't you think it's time for something new I know more about you Baby than they do And honey I don't even know your name But I know guys like that Could never ever know you Not while they're still locked in playing games You tell me that all your skies are gray, baby And those boys took all your pretty toys away I mean, yeah. we'll last through time. They don't even know you're something brand.
2: Since we're already in nefarious territory, let's go over to Bob Markey, another legendarily nefarious character who ripped off his own band in the West Coast Pop Art Experimental Band.
1: constellation the stars are in your eyes i'll take a spaceship and try and go and
2: Coast Pop Art Experimental Band is pretty famous in its way among collectors. It has to be played in the show because it's literally the spitting image of the concept of dubious hippie music. Mostly because it was begun by a millionaire, the son of a millionaire that was signed on as an executive for Warner Brothers and had a mansion in L.A. Very early on, he met these kids, introduced to him by Kim Fowley, who were hyper-talented in a band called The Laughing Wind. And he suggested they form a new band that he would bankroll with this ridiculous name. His intentions... Were pretty insidious He obviously wanted to take The most plastic aspect of the hippie movement And some of the avant-garde stuff that Zappa was doing, strangely enough And melded into a product Sort of a strawberry alarm clock kind of product But he couldn't really control what it was Because he had no talent, really He couldn't play anything Well, Kim Valley introduces them to these kids, and they happen to be incredibly talented and hypersensitive to where the genre is at and where where sort of outsider folk is going. They seem to be perfectly in tune with the times and skillfully ready to perform this perfect version of that music. As these things go... It couldn't last all that long because of the value uh, dissonance at the base of this union between Bob Markey, the millionaire, and these two brothers, the Harris brothers, who were really the true talents. So the first record comes out of the gate and is really an insanely beautiful document, uh, and they start to sort of go downhill slowly as he forces them to make more and more awkward experiments that he believes are going to capture the hippie zeitgeist. And fans of the band know this, that the lyrics are just bizarre and keep coming back to very young girls and in a pretty uncomfortable manner. Even though nothing is overt, there's just something eerie even the way they sing is kind of this detached hypnotized way of singing which may have been because the brothers didn't really believe in what they were doing hard to say but all in all it's just one of these great time capsules of the time probably could never be made again be a normal podcast without a little bit more suicide or death. So, Randy Meisner's been in the news lately. I don't know if you noticed that. He's on TMZ quite a bit. Which is pretty surprising. Nobody really talks about the man who sang Take It to the Limit by the Eagles. Kind of a strange character that fell into the band somewhat accidentally out of... Poco and Ricky Nelson's Stone Canyon Band he had a long sort Of twisting career um, That began with this band We're gonna hear called The Poor I don't think anyone's really ever paid Any attention to them they're not uh, Fascinating they were pretty Typical for their time But Randy Meisner's talent Was pretty Incredible I mean that voice At the end of Take it to the limit which is Rumored to be one reason why he quit the band Is that he was so frightened of singing that high note At the very end of the song Glenn Fry and Don Henley were just Maybe thought that he had just been on too many drugs And was too tired from partying But I think he was pathologically afraid of hitting that high note Had incredible talent and had a rough one. All the money didn't seem to help at all. Regardless, he was in the news recently because a really insane thing happened where his friends and family were reporting that his wife uh, basically was just pouring vodka down his throat, trying to control him and take all his money. And he'd been having some public meltdowns. I think one where he yelled out that he was going to go get an automatic rifle and do something. Anyway, there'd been this big lead up. Everybody knew something bad was going to happen. So it's announced a few months ago that his wife was shot in the head at his residence. I wrote my old friend that's from the town he was from. And I'm just shocked I can't believe he's actually done this thing And then it comes out That They have security camera footage Inside the house And she actually Went to the closet of her own accord And The gun She was, she was looking to put it away Or get it And the gun fell In the dark And somehow the trigger got pulled and she accidentally shot herself in the head. And the security camera footage shows that Randy Meiser was somewhere else in the on the property entirely. Which just blows my mind. I mean, that's got to be the most atypical Forensic Files episode I've ever heard of. But anyway, poor Randy has been through the ringer, man. Uh... Jesus Christ. Well, let's hear something from a more optimistic time in his uh, sunny beginnings. (laughs) ¶¶
1: Make me love you, God.
2: As it often goes, somehow an artist's early sentiment ends up describing the lonely truth that they arrive at later in their life. Before we go, though, maybe we should listen to one song of Poco. The project that was supposed to float Richie Ferre out of Buffalo Springfield safely as a lot of the other band members achieved massive economic success. They had a couple highlights, a couple good ones. No hits, really, for a long career. No hits. But it's fascinating to me that that all of these guys collectively wrote and wove the L.A. country sound together. And and sometimes you can't tell the bands apart. They all just made this perfect Sound. I don't really know what was in the water, but there's a a very specific technique to all of these bands uh, singing. You'll notice a lot of similarities here, but here's Poco with Restrain. Really responsibly, and on that note, so let's cheer it up with Beyond the Valley, the Dolls, and the Carrie Nations.